0: Hello and welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I am your host, Al the Brewer, and I am so glad you are listening today. This podcast is for anyone that wants to learn more about craft beer and the culture that surrounds it. Whether you're brand new to the scene or a vet of craft beer, I hope you find something to take away from this podcast. So, pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy. Cheers. Welcome to the I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. How are you doing out there in podcast land? Season two finale is here. Oh, feels good to say. I love it. I mean, I'm not like glad that the season two is over with. I mean, I kind of am glad, but I'm not glad that season two is over with because it means that like, I have to go on like hiatus for a while and I'm not really doing much with the show. I mean, it's kind of fun not to do much with the show, to be honest. I mean, this is such a great outlet of creativity for me. Um, but my wife is also very much looking forward to me, not having to schedule interviews or random like beer trips to this, that, or the other. And, uh, you know this is i'm recording this right now in january and um yeah i've been literally doing podcast stuff since about august and yeah we're i'm i'm kind of ready to take just a little break a little break not like like one of these podcasts goes we're gonna take a little break and comes back like 3 years later like one more episode but a little break i need some time i need to recover from uh <laughs> all the madness of podcasting that it is. Um, I need to take some time and just uh, get organized for season three because I do have that in the works. And I'm going on too much about this end of being the season. I need to actually get to what we're going to talk about today because this is one that I am so, so, so very excited for. Um, We are going to be, well, you're going to be listening to my talk with uh, Quinn and Dave from Save the World Brewing. Now, if you are in the DFW Metroplex, you have seen their bottles because they only bottle. And um, you may, I hope you didn't just pass them by because they um, are kind of a Belgian-esque brewery. Um, they make some very good beers. Um, they've got a great facility down in Marble Falls. And they actually invited me to come down to Marble Falls to record there. And anytime I get a chance to go off-site is, um, is a lot of fun for me. Uh, my wife and I actually made a day trip out of it. We got a babysitter for the kids. It was so nice. I think it was actually our first time away from the kids for more than like um, a couple hours. And it was it was we made like a date day out of it. It was oh, so much fun. Um, but anyways, we Quinn and Dave were just so gracious hosts. I had such a good time talking to them. Um, it is also I think the most professional of the interviews that i've done i'm not not uh, like toot my own horn type of deal but they are so smart and their questions were so precise and i was kind of taken aback because sometimes these podcasts you know we get to um shooting the breeze a little bit going this way that or the other and i kind of have to like I'll try to like get the conversation back into where I think like, oh, let's get back to this beer thing or let's ask this beer question. With them, didn't have any of that. It was straightforward. It was so much fun. It was such an awesome way um, to start all of my interviews because this is actually the first interview I did for season two all the way back, I believe in like August or September. It was hot. I mean, it was it was like blazing hot. And um, they I gave them some weeks to be able to do it. And they said, well, we can do it like next week. And I was like, we got it. And so <laughs> I went down to their place uh, again with my wife. It was so much fun. They were such gracious hosts. And um, I can't say enough good enough things about them. Um, so this is also kind of the conclusion of the Pious Pint for season two. Um, it's, yes, Pious Pint. And I'll mention that in the episode. But it's also a really fun, just. I Know Nothing About Beer podcast episode. So if you like Pius Pint, amen, you're really going to like this. If you don't like Pius Pint, I think you're still going to like this because it is it is really just a really fun as well, I Know Nothing About Beer episode. And I hope you like that. I Know Nothing About Beer podcast. I mean, if you're listening to this, you don't like it. I mean, cheers to you. That's, that's awesome. Uh, keep listening. Um, all right. So I've been rambling for a little bit. I'm going to catch this up and kind of let's, 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 let's conclude this bad boy. Um, season two, like I said, coming to end with this episode, I've got a couple of other things lined up in the future. I'll probably do some type of review later on, but you'll, if you're listening to this in the future, you've already seen that episode, but, uh, just keep a hold of the podcast, subscribe, um, get the little notifications. I don't know. That's what they say on YouTube, but I don't think you can, I don't know, whatever YouTube app or, podcast app you use. Get the little notifications on this um podcast feed. I'll still have stuff being put out during my time off and I'll definitely let you know when season 3 is coming out. But um everyone thank you so very much. Oh, before I do that, um I haven't mentioned this last co-podcast. Uh subscribe <laughs> to the i know nothing about your podcast on all your favorite podcast apps um you can find me on the itunes leave me a review i'm up to four reviews now i'm so thrilled about that if you are one of those four people that left a review thank you so very much you don't know how much that means to me um i don't think you can leave reviews in spotify maybe if you can please do that Um, I do know that people are listening to this literally all around the world. I've had a couple from, I think, New Zealand and Australia. So whoever's down there, amen. Thank you very much. Um, but really everybody listening to this season and the other prior season, if you're hanging on, thank you so very much. Take a drink for me, please there. And, um, I really do appreciate you. This is definitely a passion project of mine. Um, I'm not making any money off of it. It's kind of just, uh, what i what I've been wanting to do and how I love to be a part of the beer world. And, uh, it's so much fun. Um, hit me up on the interwebs, Al the brewer on the, the Instagram, the Twitter and the Facebook. I know nothing about beer.com. I know nothing about beer on Facebook as well. I'm going to try to get that going up this year a little more, uh, at the beginning of 2020. So, uh, keep an eye out on that. But uh, really, thank you so very much. I really appreciate each and every one of you listening to this. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day, morning, afternoon, whenever this podcast finds you. And uh, cheers. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Hey. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. With David. Yes. I'm at Save the World Brewing over in Marble Falls, and I'm having a great time. My wife and I took a little... We're making a day trip out of it, actually. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for letting me come here, and cheers. Cheers. Am, this welcome. is the luxe that I'm drinking. That is. Yes, yes and it is wonderful.
1: Good. Mm. We do enjoy that one. Oh, yes. well, we enjoy all of them.
0: Um, as you should. <laughs> um, so I am here at Save the World Brewing. So excited to talk to you, too. Uh, My podcast, I Know Nothing About Beer podcast, is mainly about learning the people that have no idea about beer Uh or are trying to get an introduction into the craft beer scene. That's what I revolve around. And within that, I've kind of got three different series. So I have the I Know Nothing About Beer. I have my dad into beer, Uh where I talk to dads about being into craft beer. Uh And then I have what's called uh, the Pious Pint. And that's what I wanted to focus on with you two. Because you guys... Because we're pious? <laughs> um, because I love the brewery that you guys have, not just, I mean, the beer itself is very good. I would, I would love to have talked to you guys if, if it was just, we were going to talk about beer, but, um, I love the model that you two have made with this brewery Yeah, because it is definitely something different for from, from what most breweries have done. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to get into that for just a second. But um, I was reading uh, your little About Me's on your website. Uh And I've got to say, David, I think you and I are kind of cut from the same, same cloth. Cool. Because I was reading it. And it said that you had to, how, I'm trying to figure out how you worded this, uh, you wore down Quinn after five years before she would marry you. And <laughs> it took me four years uh-huh. uh, before Kelly would marry me. Granted, I was ready to marry her after like six months, and she was like, hold on, this is, you know, that, that's not happening, homie." Um So I, I understand, I was like, I think, uh, David, I know you don't know me, but I feel like I know you a little better from that. <laughs> Best
2: things in life are worth waiting Absolutely. for. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Um, and for those that are listening, my wife is just off microphone right now, holding <laughs> my four-month-old, do- five-month-old daughter. So, mm. so um, I would love to talk um, to you questions, uh-huh. and we'll, we'll start in this order. I'd love to know about each of yours uh, own faith journeys, and, and only as much as you're wanting to share. Sure. And then also your own um, journeys with alcohol. How... Did you get introduced to craft beer, or if craft beer wasn't your first introduction, mm-hmm. um, how you got from where you were to where you are now in beer? Mm-hmm. So, I'll
1: start because mm-hmm. it's better to not follow a better story. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, mine's a kind of uh, typical journey, um, mm-hmm. at least here in the states. Uh, raised in a you know nice religious family, mm-hmm. um, grew up uh, Lutheran, or as my dad calls it, Lutheran. Um, good German uh, background, mm. um, mm-hmm. uh, and it was more just kind of about um, just going to church. It wasn't so much a relationship um, gotcha. up until probably um, during uh, uh, the uh, while in high school, going to to uh, youth uh, camp and mm-hmm. and kind of really finding that it actually was a real experience mm-hmm. that you know Christ does love you. Personally, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. It was kind of just more of an abstract "be good" kind of guy. Gotcha. Uh, whereas it became a personal, you know, that it's real, and and that's when it kind of started for me. Um, and then as far as uh, beer, um, I really was not a fan of beer, um, even in, in college. Okay. You know, beer was something you went a frat party and drink or while you're watching the ball game with some buddies and that gotcha. sort of stuff but yeah. really did enjoy it but of course back then there wasn't a lot of variety of beers um and then in med school um, kind of got into scheinerbach you know that was kind of like that was like oh that's amazing because it was so much different from anything mm-hmm. out there um but really it's still not a big deal yeah. um and then in med school at new orleans um uh i still you know really didn't <laughs> drink beer or had some wine every once in a while but really you know nothing big until i was uh doing my uh internship and i was doing a rotation um and cardiology was it cardiology uh, yeah pediatric cardiology wow. and one of the uh, fellows he's like uh-huh. hey you want to grab a beer after work i'm like yeah sure so we went to this place in uh in new orleans called cooter browns it's one of those places with a ton of beers on the wall and we gotcha. got there and he's like uh, what do you like and i said well i'll take a beer and he's like well which one and i'm like i don't care beer's beer and he kind of looked at me. He was from <laughs> Holland. And he said, uh, and I'm like, oh, okay, what are you getting? He said, I'm getting a Chimay. I'm like, well, what's a Chimay? Oh. And he's like, well, I must get you one. So he came back with a, a, a glass of the Chimay Grand Reserve. Mm-hmm. And I tasted it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like the heavens parted. I'm like, this is delicious. I'm yes. like, I can get into this. And so that started my journey on to enjoying beer. Mm-hmm. And so from then on, every week I would try a different beer. And really got into enjoying beer and loving gotcha. it. And that kind of started my journey as far as, as uh, beer. And then, of course, craft beer evolved from that. So, yeah. Gotcha.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Good. So, my faith journey, um, mm-hmm. I was born in Vietnam originally. Gotcha. Buddhist family. Uh, came to the States when mm-hmm. I was almost six. And we were sponsored by the First Presbyterian Church of Texarkana, Arkansas. Gotcha. So my parents, as sort of a thank you tribute to the church, mm-hmm. sent all the girls to church, and so all the girls. Yes, yeah, so we there are five girls in my family, oh, no wow. boys.
0: Okay, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> I've got two girls, and I'm already in the land of like pink wondermen <laughs> and unicorns and things like that. <laughs> right. I'm only imagining five, and oh five. Wow. exactly.
2: They gave up for that boy after five girls. But anyways,
0: so It's so two, and I'm like, all right, no, we're done, no. <laughs>
2: So we, uh, we would attend church and youth group and everything. Yep. And when I was 12, um, mm-hmm. I accepted Jesus and was baptized and continued to grow up in the church. Okay. And then we moved to Florida and our family did not find another church to attend there. Okay. So then I went on to college. And in college...
1: Harvard yeah that's yeah (laughs) camp (laughs) behave yourself so anyways (laughs)
2: um i uh, joined a christian fellowship there and i remember being part of this group and and there were a lot of questions and Mm. people were just coming up with questions left and right all the time about faith and Mm -hmm. what the bible had to say and there was a lot of interesting dynamics and it actually just made me question my faith and so I actually fell away from my faith Mm -hmm. in college and so I was without God basically from college through residency
3: Mm. I
2: met Dave in residency and Mm -hmm. he's a God loving man Mm -hmm. and he really wanted me to come back you know Mm. to knowing God loving God you know Mm -hmm. and I said I couldn't make myself yeah. you know, become a Christian again. I had to believe. Mm-hmm. So we um so that didn't get anywhere even though he gave me all these books to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh so then uh we moved to Dallas where um I started a job and then he was doing his um self employment um Uh, Medical practice. Gotcha. And I had a cousin who lived in Dallas, and she Mm -hmm. invited us to their church. Oh, okay. And so we started attending their church, and one day uh, there was a sermon Mm -hmm. given by our pastor, and he was talking about Jesus inviting people who are weary Mm. to come and rest with him. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, bow your heads going to pray and as he started praying for the weary Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know to to come and rest in Jesus exactly I really felt God's voice saying Mm. Quinn it's time to come back and I started crying Mm. like crazily a catharsis really
3: Mm.
2: and uh, so basically I heard God speaking to me so I turned back to him, and I've been trying to grow in my walk and faith Whoa. since then. So that's my journey there. And then, with regards to alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, I enjoyed wine primarily first. Okay. I was a wine lover and. Gotcha. Uh, trips to napa it's france etc really enjoyed the good wines okay (laughs) and then md
1: 2020 Uh uh uh-huh yes right
2: okay and then of course i met david Mm -hmm. who by this time had started to love beer beer. Mm -hmm. and so he wanted me to try beers and he started home brewing
3: gotcha so
2: of course a wife is going to you know Really try to enjoy her husband's hobbies, also. So mm-hmm. I started drinking his beers, and they were good. <laughs> so that's always helpful, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had more than a beer <laughs> that I've given
0: her. And she's like, You know what? You drink all you want, it's okay, babe. <laughs> yeah, this, this bottle's for you.
2: Well, you know, D- Dave is a bit of a perfectionist, Alan. So, so there's very little that he does that is not well done. Gotcha. So, um, so, anyways, it was really good, and, and I would give him feedback on mm-hmm. what I like and mm-hmm. the styles that I liked, and so that's how I grew to love craft beer over time.
0: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I, so my my preferences is, is um, if I say if I have my, my pickup poisons it normally goes beer, and then uh, wine and spirits depends on the, the night and the day and the uh-huh. time. My wife, she is wine first, then spirits, and then beer. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely have a, a little bit of, of everything in our house sure. at any point in time. And we definitely enjoy um, those as, as not only just as something with the meal, but as something we just both enjoy. But oh, yeah. for her, Absolutely. For her, wine is definitely on top. And that's mm-hmm. kind of... When we were living in California, I'm going to say pre-kids, we were going wine tasting once a quarter to the Los Olivos area. We had wine club memberships. It was <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was blast (laughs) and then um and i've mentioned this more than a few times on a podcast but i used to work at a place called wade's wines and they had 103 beers on tap 32 wines on tap and uh you know bunch of tequilas and uh 2200 bottles of wine and another 600 scotches and so i really got to know all i got i I feel like i scratched the surface of everything even though i was there (laughs) to to pour beer and beer was my specialty Um, I really got to know wine there so much more, and just really dive into that world because it's it's such a fun world, and Mm -hmm. there's so many other flavors that I don't think beer explores. Right. You know, just naturally because you know one is grain based, one is fruit based. Uh Uh Um, But there's so much to explore in wine. I I feel like as a as someone that primarily loves beer, um, I feel like anybody that loves beer should, if you don't like wine, should at least explore it because there's so much there to learn and to try and expand your palate yeah oh yeah it just expands
1: your your palate and your horizons Mm -hmm. i mean some of our best friends are are winemakers and it's just great talking to them and visiting them Mm -hmm. and see how they do things and and how it relates to how we do things and Mm -hmm. it's it's very complimentary really and it's
2: fun to merge the two oftentimes you know Mm -hmm. and um uh, uh, not only as something to please your palate, mm-hmm. but just to see how flavors meld mm-hmm. too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I love about Belgian beers because there's just so much variety and in, in flavors and mm-hmm. complexity in them that I just, I just love that.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I want to know, uh, why did you guys settle on Belgian styles? Because uh, even, uh, how long have you guys been open? It's over five years? Yeah, we're coming up on our, our
1: five-year anniversary. We'll okay. have our anniversary the first weekend in October. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah. 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 Very
0: so,
2: nice. So why don't you answer about Belgian styles?
1: Um, so, uh, well, that's, that's you know, they say, you know, dance with the one that, that brung you. And uh, I fell in love with uh, Belgian <laughs> beers at the beginning. And I tried all different styles of beer, but I always came around to my first love. Which you know we Belgian hadn't Ilf. been
0: Texan enough uh-huh. on this podcast till you said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, and even when I started uh, home brewing, the first beer I brewed was a uh, Belgian triple. Um, and that then was then I, your first beer, was a Belgian yeah. triple. Y- yes, you know, yes it was. go big or go home. <laughs>
0: Seriously, yeah. There is a lot that goes on with that. Bad yeah, beer. and I've, it's
1: funny because you know I of course I took notes on very, and at yeah. the very end I wrote. This beer is delicious, best beer ever. And <laughs> I'm like, really? I don't know if I went back and tasted that beer today, would I really agree best with that? Best beer ever. I'm just gonna let just put that on the bottle there. <laughs> yeah. Just letting you know, it's best beer ever. Name of this beer is best beer ever. <laughs> so, uh, and then I, I, you know, brewed all different styles and everything, yeah. but I always came back to that that style of beer, and that's mm-hmm. what I love. And then when we actually visited Belgium, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the, the inspiration that we got from the Trappist Monastery really yes. just kind of cinched it for us.
0: Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because I, I, I've seen Texas beer grow since I've been here, especially uh-huh. in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a bit south of the Metroplex, for anybody that doesn't know the, the, yeah. the geography But um, it's gone from like less than a dozen breweries to now, depending on how you count North Texas, Mm -hmm. like 60 breweries. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I still Mm -hmm. have, uh, while everybody kind of does their little niche, um, there's not really a brewery up there that's doing just Belgians. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of breweries that are doing uh, Hop Forward or Stout Forward Mm -hmm. or Sours, which I understand and Uh I love all Uh three of those. But um, Belgian it, it, it's it's, pretty, it's very special to me because I love Belgian beers and mm-hmm. I wish more people made them because uh, a Belgian triple I absolutely love As you said, said May 12 mm-hmm. we were talking a little earlier on just a little off mm-hmm. off uh, Mike and we were talking about uh, St Bernardus versus the Westie 12. yeah uh, I've had both mm-hmm. I've had uh, my goal is to do a side- by side yeah I did that just, just recently. Fun. Oh
1: yeah yeah and I, it, it sounds like blasphemy but actually I think the uh, St. Bernardus won out.
0: No, I've heard that so many times, <laughs> yeah. and I've I'm that's part of why I want to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Just try side by side. Yeah, size. do it
1: blindly side by side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I just I uh, I love that you guys have focused in on this and have just dove in all the way in. And uh, like right now, I've got a little flight of different saisons with with fruit stuff with fruit in them, which mm-hmm. is I mean it's beautiful. Um, all of the beers. I'm, I'm oh I'm having such a good time right now. Um, <laughs> but I think like especially like the saison is such a um, it's kind of a workhorse beer. Uh-huh. Um, it can be done so many different ways. Yep. I was listening to a guy uh, in our first season, Mick, um, one of his craft beer chats. Uh, he does. Uh, he goes around breweries and just kind of talks up a style to anybody that wants to listen. Yeah. And does you know, cicerone training? I, I, uh-huh. You got your certified? Or have yes. You, yeah, got, level got two. You. Both. Both.
1: Well, no, no, no. I just brew. You just yeah.
0: brew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but i i feel like saisons you can do so much with them uh, yeah and it's more about what they're not than what they are they're
1: so it's it's i mean if it uh, it's my favorite of our everyday beers our yes. saison is great and it's you know it's it's as garrett oliver would say it's you know it's my you know uh uh island beer where if i only mm-hmm. had one beer to drink for the rest of my life it saisons. would be the saison because it's so complex and yet mm-hmm. simple and it's uh it's a I I call it a chameleon beer because Mm -hmm. it wraps itself around whatever you're having and changes and that first sip of that uh, Saison is not Mm -hmm. the same same beer that I finish with because as it warms up it changes and Mm -hmm. I just I love the style it's really complex and uh, I remember the first time I had a saison, the saison DuPont, and I oh, tasted it. Oh, that was it. mine as
0: well, my and, first. And saison. to tell you the
1: truth, I didn't like it, and I didn't really. I didn't try it again for a couple of years oh. uh, because I was like, oh, I don't like that. I, I don't know. I just it was like a shock to my palate. I just mm-hmm. couldn't wrap it around uh, my mind. Um, and then I tried it again. I was like, I, I do like this, mm-hmm. and that's how it is. It's just a great. And I, and you're right. The the if you look at the style guidelines for that beer, it's wide open. Oh yeah, and and you, and it's, so, it's
0: very. It's like. Should be
1: with saison yeast. Yeah, no. Should right. be
0: between five and twelve percent. Yeah, and
1: that color scheme. Is, color scheme. Is yeah, is like the, SRM
0: like six to like sixty. Yeah, I'm sure. Why a, not? Because yeah.
1: it's it's a farmhouse sale I mean, it's yeah. a style that was brewed by on on farms by mm-hmm. farmers, and uh, yeah. you know they just made it with whatever they had available. Yeah, and it's still just a very great beer. And I mean, I stick to using. I mean, I always. Quinn will attest to that. But I curse that Saison yeast every time I use it. I, so cause, true. Cause and this is recent. Yeah. Here. it's. I mean, I use the Saison DuPont yeast, and it's a very finicky yeast. It is.
0: That's stall. Uh,
1: and I've tried other strains of yep. different Saison yeast and everything. And, and it always disappoints me when I use another strain because I just don't get the complexity mm-hmm. that I get out of that. But it's like it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, and mm-hmm. it—it's uh, just—it's just so finicky. So, so let me it.
0: let me do some explaining here, uh-huh. um, about why that is. Why why you say finicky? Because, you know, as as anybody li- you know anybody listening to this is generally wanting to learn about beer, but yeah. I'll say this: uh, you make mm-hmm. your you make your beer. You make your big grain tea mm-hmm. it becomes your wort. You cool it down. You add yeast to it. That right. yeast eats the sugar now. Mm-hmm. The way that you measure that sugar is called the gravity. Mm-hmm. The higher the gravity, the more sugar. And as the yeast eats that sugar, the lower the gravity goes. Mm-hmm. So you have a specific gravity target. Mm-hmm. And both of you are like nodding your heads like uh-huh. yes, yeah, I know this. <laughs> and so I'm, 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 the 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 reason why you're saying it's finicky is because of what I said. Stalling, mm-hmm. saison yeast, especially the saison du pont yeast, is infamous for going. I want to get down to this lowest sugar, but uh-huh. I'm going to stop about like. 10 points, about like, about... Yeah, t- frustrates put, you. put it like at an inch from the finish line uh-huh. of where you need it to be, and that's what Saison Dupont yeast does. Yeah. And that's... It tastes amazing, but it's so frustrating. Yeah, right.
1: and especially when you're on a production schedule. I mean... Yeah. I mean, the first time I used it as a home brewer, I mean, I remember just looking at my carboy. I'm like, why is it not bubbling? Why did it stop bubbling? And I thought it was done. I checked <laughs> in, I was like, it's and, I, and it hadn't. I'm like... And I got frustrated, and I like, almost like kicked it in the corner of the closet and then I forgot about it, came back with it, you know, weeks later. Yep. And I'm like, Well, I wonder if it's done anything and it dried out almost completely. Yes. And then I tasted it I was like, Oh, this is great. Oh, yeah. um, but it, on a on, um, you know on a, as a production brewery, not only is that that stall factor, but it's also we got to reuse that yeast, mm-hmm. and it and it's just so frustrating because it will not. Sometimes it will drop out of suspension very quickly, mm-hmm. and I can capture it just perfectly, and it has great. Uh, you know, it's it's all alive and healthy. And then sometimes it drops out. You know, it doesn't. Or and then sometimes it drops out, and it's all just like just like thick and i can't get it out of the fermenter oh it's just
0: crazy let let me let me go back a little bit real quick when you mean by drop out that means once the yeast is Uh, in the in the fermentation tank Mm -hmm. everything's swirling around if you could and normally you know uh breweries have stainless steel with Mm -hmm. uh with a jacket around them to keep the temperature regulated so if you're ever at a brewery you're wondering like Mm -hmm. i can't see anything that's why Mm -hmm. but generally once the yeast goes in it's swirling around all these things are happening there's bubbles and then you wait for it to settle. Yeah. And that's when you, like, have a little valve that you open up and mm-hmm. you capture some of that yeast. You're like, oh, this yeast is healthy, happy, right. ready to go for the next batch. Mm-hmm. But if that yeast is kind of done or stalled out, mm-hmm. it comes out, like, as the, the, the term is yeast cake, which is probably the least yeah. two favorable words to put together. Like, yes. yeast and cake is not bad, <laughs> but you put them together. And that's not, no. no one's really thrilled about that. No. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 you're exactly right. And so it's sometimes just this dry, hard stuff that's mm-hmm. not very healthy yeast. And so, and, it, and, you know, we need to reuse our yeast and it's a very difficult yeast to, to, yeah. to manage. And uh, I think recently they've, they've discovered it's actually closer to a wine yeast than it actually is. It's a very I can yeast. totally see that. And it does behave more like that. It's yeah. It, it loves warmer temperatures yep. and it's just, but it's, I mean, it's, yeah. So, yeah, I love saisons, but making them, they can be difficult. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um, and so, just so I, because uh, I've, I've read up a little bit, but I want to make sure my, the listeners know. So, Dave, you are the head brewer. Mm-hmm. And then, Quinn, you are literally like, I, I, I think I saw everything else as your... Pretty much. Uh-huh. As yes. your job description. <laughs>
2: yes. From janitor to assistant brewer to HR administrator to <laughs> bartender or barista, as we would call burista, ourselves now. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: All of the above. All of the above. Gotcha. (laughs) I have a feeling you've handed more than a few, like, buckets of hops over (laughs) and going, all right, there's this edition, Mm -hmm. this edition, and all that other good jazz. Some of that. Yeah. 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 I'm more
2: of a cleaner than anything else. You know what?
0: I I am so... I believe in this statement. I heard from a a guy once that said, um, brewers are 90% janitor.
1: Oh, yeah. We're full-time janitors that get to brew in their spare time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because everything has to stay clean. And Mm -hmm. so, if you've already had uh, somebody... uh, Especially, I'm thinking of, like, YouTube and with the medical background that know how to, like, yeah. we need to keep this things clean. Right. You yeah. know, we're going to cut exactly open something right. up and make sure everything's nice and happy and sterile and all that. Mm-hmm. Does. <coughs> so, you know, uh, mm-hmm. while fear does not have the same, like, um, uh, yeah. consequences. Pathogens, right. Yes. Uh, or pathogens. Mm-hmm. Um, it is still if you don't have a very clean, sterile environment, you, all you're asking for is to dump that beer down the drain. Right. Or t- not. At some later. point. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I think there was somebody did a study um, at a, uh, a bottle shop in Colorado where they mm-hmm. went in, they got a bunch of craft beer and then actually tested it. Yeah. 60% of them were infected. Oh gosh. And so that, that is, it's just sad so because tough. I mean, yeah, it's not going to, you know, but it, that beer could taste so much better if it wasn't. Yeah. And a lot of these brewers just don't know it. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah. It's, it, there's so much. Mm. I feel like um, I've never wanted to be a, a professional brewer. I I, I I I saw the first time and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I'm like, oh, then you spend 30, 40 minutes shoveling <laughs> grain and then you're in the thing and you're hot and you're sweaty. And not that I'm opposed to like being hot and sweaty, but I'm like sugary, hot, sweaty. <laughs> like it's, it's like working with like liquid candy all the time. Because <laughs> I've done, I've been on the stage. I've done throwing in hops. I've done all that before. Oh, yeah. Um, in a, in, in different breweries and things like that, but, um, it, you're just, you're just sweaty, hot, messy. Yeah, oh a, yes. It's work. all day long. Yeah. yeah. And
2: especially in Texas. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. These yeah. triple digits are hurting. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, no. I totally get that. Um, so let me move a little from the, the brewery work to what your brewery is because I, huh. you guys are, and I want to make sure, uh, correct me if I'm getting this wording wrong. Uh, while you are a profitable brewery Mm -hmm. you are not profit non-profit or you give away your profits
2: that's exactly it we give Give away away our profits yes
0: Mm -hmm. okay so I was talking to my wife about this on the way up Uh, the the conversation I really really want to have is how did you go from hey I want to open up a brewery to hey we're doing Belgian styles and you know what we're gonna give the money away there's a story there. Mm-hmm. Well, it I actually
2: <coughs> all happened at once.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It
2: was very quick. I okay. Mean, um, so the story about wanting to open up a brewery mm-hmm. was from Dave.
1: You want me to tell that one? Yes. Yeah. So, <coughs> um, yeah, I'd been homebrewing for a while mm-hmm. and um, for about 15 years and really loved it. It yep. was kind of became my passion and that's what I love to do. It's what I, you know. Uh, I mean, that's all I thought about and was what I read about and everything. And uh, around that time, we were also, um, you know, we enjoyed uh, uh, giving back. Uh, we'd mm-hmm. go on medical mission trips, you know, once gotcha. or twice a year to all these countries and and see people that truly needed, um, you know, care and help. Mm-hmm. And then I'd come back and I'd work, you know, in my first world conditions and see kids with, you know, allergies and ADHD and things that, you know, if, You know, if I didn't show up, they'd be just fine. You know, I understand. And and I didn't think I was making that much of a difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as medically Um, and uh, about that same time uh, I was attending, um, we were going to Irving Bible Church and we had a men's group. We got together every Wednesday morning and we were kind of going through the purpose driven Mm -hmm. life. It was that book um, uh, by Rick Rick Warren. Warren. Yeah. Some years ago. And uh, we're uh, talking about, you know, God gives you certain talents and passions and he creates you for a purpose. You're not just here by accident. And he gives you these skills and, and that's what you're supposed to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And so it's a bunch of us guys in a circle kind of going around talking about, you know, what, you know, what God skills have you been given and what are you doing with it? And one guy's like, oh, I love to love to sing. I just love to sing to the Lord. Another guy's, like I like to make things that came to me. I was like, I like to make beer. And all the guys kind of looked at me, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's what I like to do. And the, the leader was like, you know, God can use that. So I came back that day and talked to Quinn, who's always been very supportive and still is. And I said, you know, um, I think we should open a brewery, and uh, and uh, we'll um, I'll make the beer, and uh, we'll, um, I'll let you continue from there.
2: Right. So that's his passion and what he really loves yeah. doing. And I always thought that when I retired from medicine, I would go work with a charity organization because I love— volunteering and Mm -hmm. charities and giving to charities so so we looked at each other and we thought well we could do a charitable brewery Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and so then we went for a walk and we're like well what percentage would we give to charity Mm -hmm. and um i remember we'd read somewhere about trappist breweries um giving at least 55 percent away so we're like well we definitely want to be at least like the Trappist breweries, you yeah. know. And then Dave's like, "Well, why not a hundred percent?" And I said, "Well, why not a hundred percent? Let's do it." So <laughs> that's really how that came wow. about and then with regards to the Belgian that was really never any question because <laughs> it was going to be whatever the brewer likes yep. and there you go
1: yeah I could I can't imagine you know making any product that you don't personally enjoy so I mean how can you evaluate it and taste it and say mm-hmm. oh I, this is good um, and, and I love Belgian beers and that's what I love to make and I love to taste them so yeah, and, you know, if we ever go out of business, we got a stack of beer that I'm going to be drinking for a while. That's
0: for sure. <laughs> you will have a tad left over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that I don't I will ever want that to happen, <laughs> but there would be a bit left over. Yeah. So it sounds like your faith and this brewery have kind of, it, it's almost like just a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Right. Not that, and I, I like how your, your website put it, not that this is a Christian brewery, mm-hmm. but that you two are two Christ followers uh-huh. going, what can we do? Um, how can we use what we've been given our talents to glorify God through? Right. And what are the, the different um, charities that you guys donate your you know, profits to? Yes, yeah, so
2: we have um, narrowed our focus um, to charities that address basic human needs. Awesome. Like food, shelter, clean water, mm-hmm. uh, disaster relief often. Gotcha. So we usually always have an international charity. Uh, in the past, it's been Food for the Hungry, and okay. for the past couple of years, it's been Feed My Starving Children, Okay. where, believe it or not, you can feed a child for a year for $88. 88
0: bucks! Wow.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure that's how much she cost, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, round about that number. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then um, a couple of our other regular charities are Habitat for Humanity mm-hmm. and Meals on Wheels gotcha. slash Food Banks. Okay. So, um, and then for other charities, because we, we get approached by a lot of different charities mm-hmm. um, for either donations of money yeah. or donations at large if we don't have the funds because we're a small brewery Uh to donate money to every worthwhile cause Mm -hmm. we'll offer beer to like their fundraising events Mm. or merchandise items that they can Mm -hmm. use at a silent auction for example so we we always try to be able to contribute something to help other charities gotcha yeah Yeah,
1: and a lot of people ask like how can you give all your money away i'm like well we give our profits away. We still pay our employees a, a, oh, yeah. a good living wage, and we supply them That's with cool. health care and you know good wow. benefits and everything else like that. So we, we do r- hey, right by did them. did you
0: hear that? I could make this commute.
1: I'm just letting <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know it's a little bit
0: of a drive, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get healthcare and pour beer. Yeah. <laughs> and and I get
1: I get what, two seventy five an hour, so something like that. Yeah, so. yeah maybe and less. Yeah, I'm sorry. Y- I don't think you're on the payroll yet. I'm not even on the payroll. <laughs> no. Yeah,
2: I know. Yeah. But that's okay. God provides.
0: That's right. Uh huh. Yes. Wow.
1: Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah
0: Jireh. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Okay. I, I'm just I'm loving what I'm learning right uh-huh. now. That is so cool. Um, so how has your so mm. from doing all this, um, Two things that I was wondering about was how has, how has being in the beer alcohol business, uh, and I use alcohol as a general Mm -hmm. term, I don't Mm -hmm. think, it's hard for me to find a better term than alcohol, Uh, beer, yes, but um, the, the craft beer business, how has, if it has any, changed your outlook on beer and alcohol as being people of faith? Hmm. Um, I don't know.
1: It's, it's, it's interesting because when we kind of first started, uh, mm. we thought we would actually have a little bit of some pushback, uh, more from the faith based community. And I was
0: actually wondering about yeah, that.
1: And that's actually been no, kind of the opposite. Yeah.
0: It really, well, that is awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad. To I hear mean, that. we
1: have, you know, we have, uh, pastors that come out here on quite a regular basis. We have, uh, men's groups uh, mm-hmm. that meet out here um, That's awesome. and it's it's really a, and if anything we've gotten pushback from non-believers um, because you know I don't know it's just very kind skeptical of, yeah very mm. skeptical like you know you know what are you about what are you trying to get out of this and everything mm-hmm. else like that and it's just a scheme and a scam and so it's been kind of the opposite of what we thought we would get as far as pushback from uh, different communities out there mm. um, and then as far as the outlook on alcohol um, we 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 strive very very I mean it's we try not to overserve people here mm-hmm. um, and we train our employees to watch out for that yeah. um, and because you know if you go in our bathroom we have you know sign up and everything I was, I was going everything. to mention that yeah, yeah you know that light that alcohol in general should you know not distort lives but it, it should enhance lives and we really believe that you know it should you know g- g- you know, people don't want to believe it, but God made alcohol, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't make it for us to abuse it. He made us to, uh, to use it to enjoy life, and that's what we try to make it about. Mm-hmm.
3: What Celebration. Are, what are,
0: yes. Yeah, what What are the signs? Explain the signs that you have. in the. I've, again, I've only been in the men's restroom, so <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's the same oh as the women's. Oh, it's
2: unisex bathrooms, both of them. That is correct, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it's the same uh. sign. That's, I'm so sorry. I forgot about that. Yes.
2: <laughs> but uh, the signs basically ask... Some questions, and they're mm. a part of in the medical community what's called the CAGE questionnaire. The CAGE questionnaire, yes, Please it's, explain. it's questions that if you answered yes to, you may have a problem with mm. alcohol. Questions like, do you wake up in the morning feeling like you need a drink? Gotcha. Yeah. Do you get angry when people make any mention to you that maybe you should cut back on your drinking? Mm. You know. Those kind of questions. Those kind of questions. So we actually have that posted in both of our public bathrooms. And, you know, it says, you know, if you answered yes to any of these questions, please put down your drink and call, you know, Mm. the AA. And we really believe alcohol uh, drinking is meant, again, to enhance Mm -hmm. uh, life and not to distort Mm -hmm. your life.
0: Yeah, I, and, I, and just personally, I really love that focus um, and that thought of, uh, I, I think so many breweries and so many places that are, are alcohol-focused focus on how much more can you drink. Mm. Yes. Um, and uh, I think there's a really negative um, perspective in drinking of you know, um, like the idea of holding your liquor. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should be like a, a positive thing. Of no. how much can you hold your liquor? No. Um, I think more. It, I, I think that only leads to more of a thought of, of, um, of I, I need to stretch my limits uh-huh. and keep stretching those limits because I'm I'm less than because I can't drink as much as so and so or so and so. Yeah. So to have those questions just even there, uh, I really appreciate that because it just kind of breaks that. Um, thought of that uh, it breaks that thought in being in this place that yeah. this is not what this place is about no. that is and so
1: true we try and be a, a family friendly place I mm-hmm. mean we have kids here we have mm-hmm. you know elderly folks we have everybody and if I think if kids grow up in a positive attitude of mm-hmm. alcohol not seeing people over consume and get silly and stupid mm-hmm. but just enjoy it I think it they become uh, more educated and responsible drinkers themselves mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we kind of try and do here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, now I'm going to preface to say my wife and I do not vacation in Europe. We are not vacation in Europe people. Uh-huh. We had an opportunity to go and we were like, yes, we're going to go. And we were in mm. Germany in Heidelberg and that's where I spent some time as a student. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we were in this, this restaurant uh, brewery called Vetters And I remember it was taking a moment and I was looking around and I was watching... The people there and Mm -hmm. it was everything from old grandpas sitting with family and friends and kids Mm -hmm. to college students to everybody Mm -hmm. and what i loved about it was that um there was it it wasn't even like alcohol was a a forethought Mm -mm. it was just this was a good place that Mm -hmm. was a good beer this is a good meal Mm -hmm. and um i didn't see anybody celebrating like a a getting drunk mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something in in the German culture. Mm -hmm. um, It's very frowned upon to be drunk or to be a drunkard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a celebration of that in America just a little bit. Right. Um, You know, I think the... (laughs) I mean, I've done tailgating, Mm -hmm. but I think that there's there's the tailgating of like, you know, smash the beer, keep going, smash the beer, keep going. That's not what I'm about. No. Um, But in Germany, there's very much a feeling of that it's meant to enjoy mm-hmm. but it, if as soon as you get drunk it's like you're you're disinvited to the party like yeah. that's that's not what we're here for
1: yeah yeah that's exactly right mhm yeah mm-hmm. not you Greg?
2: yeah right. absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: um and just being mm-hmm. here uh, this is my second time being my wife's my second mm-hmm. time being here and um we're always on the lookout for a place that we can take our kids to mm-hmm. and so for us we're looking around going like oh yeah we could totally have the kids here <laughs> like this this is kid friendly uh, it's um, there's, there's a difference between kid-friendly and like thought about for kids, like the chains up, like, hey, stay away from here, uh-huh. we got the nicest barriers. Um, now, I will say this, there are some gloves on uh, little hooks over there, uh-huh. and when I was here, the first time that we were here, there was a um, a bachelorette party that was here. <laughs> and the, the bride had had a few, and she grabbed a pair of gloves and put them on. And I'm looking at that going like, look, that's really funny, but you don't know what, like, all the chemicals that are in yeah, those gloves.
1: and those smell. I mean, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I put those on, and, and my hands, I mean, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, you get glove hands, so she probably never wanted to do that well, again. And, and yes, I, and sure. I, well,
0: and I went to, there's, there's always, like, one responsible person of, of like, a wedding party or, like, right. bachelor party. And, uh, and I went to them, and I said, look, I don't mean to be a fuddy-duddy, but um, those have a bunch of, like, brewing chemicals, and her hand's going to turn red, so if she's taking <laughs> pictures anytime in the next 24 hours, <laughs> get her out of those gloves, and she's like, thank you so much, and she, like, ran over to her, and then, take off the gloves, and <laughs> put them back down, and all of that, and... Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: I remember that day, actually, I do remember that. Really? Yeah, yeah, I remember. No, do remember that. Yeah, I remember somebody putting me on the gloves, and I'm like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> and, and, and I think that that's something. If you have no idea about what a brewery is or uh-huh. does, yeah, like you, like I don't, I don't really want to be by those clothes. Right. Like I, I get that. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I mean, uh, relating to that, I mean, we've had uh, bachelorette parties out here and mm-hmm. bachelor parties, and to tell you the truth, they're some of the most well-behaved folks. Mm-hmm. They're they're wonderful. They're not yeah. the typical like, you know, it's 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 great, especially the bachelorettes. Yeah. They're really wonderful.
2: I think that actually people sort of self-select, right, for mm-hmm. where they want to go mm-hmm. for their celebrations mm-hmm. and even for their weekend, day mm-hmm. trips, whatever. Um, they research places. Mm-hmm. And so the people who come to our brewery,
3: mm-hmm.
2: they know what we're about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they know our ambiance and, and everything like that. So I, I that's I think that's how we get very few
1: yeah, and we've—I uh-huh. mean, we've sent party buses away. Yes, uh, we have.
2: Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, it's never a good scene, but it yeah. has to be done. Sometimes. No, and I, and mm-hmm.
0: I totally get that. Um, yeah. I'm, as I've done wine tour buses, and mm-hmm. and those are okay, and I, and I understand that, but um, it it's it's the whole jam pack, get a drink, uh-huh. get out, and it, you, it's 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 almost um, it almost kind of robs the scene, robs the joy yeah, out of like. Th- Get your drink. Get your beer. Mm. Are you done? Good. Go. Get back in the bus. Well, and that
2: wouldn't be so bad, mm-hmm. except if you're already drunk.
1: Mm. Yeah, so they uh, have this mentality like, I'm not driving, so I can drink as much as I want. And I that's getcha. not true. But We're
2: they don't know that the TABC regulates very heavily against that. yeah
0: yeah yeah and, and for yeah. anybody listening tabc is the texas alcohol bureau commission uh-huh. yep. beverage commission. beverage commission mm-hmm. and um to be able to serve alcohol you have to take this like two hour online test mm-hmm. I, i've let mine expire because i haven't had to serve <laughs> alcohol in a while um but uh, one of the things they focus on is don't serve drunk people mm-hmm. yeah. and that's it's a very big thing on the test, I remember it taking several minutes to get through. What does this person, does this person look drunk? Yes or no? I think that person, yes, he looks drunk. Why? Because his face is blush. He's, mm-hmm. you know, not able to stand right. Don't serve him alcohol. <laughs> I get don't serve him alcohol. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, serving alcohol.
0: Yes. Um... So, um, just a couple last little things. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your brew system. How big is it? Like, what's the capacity?
1: Yeah, so it's, um, we have a 20 barrel system, okay. um, which is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of lock size for us. It's not too small, it's not too big. Mm-hmm. It's just right for us. Um, and it's a three vessel system uh, with a combination mash, lauder, ton, a bo- mm-hmm. uh, 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 boiler, uh, not a boiler, kettle. Kettle, kettle, and then a separate uh, whirlpool. So, yeah, and then we have our vessels, um, Mm -hmm. uh, some 40-barrel vessels, and then we have our own bottling line. Um, We Mm -hmm. only do bottles, and we actually naturally carbonate all our beers, so there's no forced carbonation. Um, And, yeah, yeah, that's what we do here. Very
0: cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I I, I just wanna say I've loved this so much. This oh. has been so much fun. It yeah, has well, been fun. Thank, yeah. you, thank you so, so much. much you. Al, no, uh, thank you, Alan. Um uh-huh. I, I kinda tell people at the end of the podcast, um the last <sighs> couple of minutes are yours. Uh please promote anything you guys want to. Is there something coming up that you would like people to do? Oh know we got about? our anniversary
1: party coming up. Maybe that's a ways off, but yeah, that's that's gonna be a big deal. That'll yeah. be the first weekend of October. That's right, October fifth. The big five uh um, five years. Okay. Yeah, so I'll be Pulling out some, we'll of course be pulling out some of our reserve stuff that we've had since when we first brewed. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. and, and especially uh, our sours. That's yeah.
2: when we usually bring Ooh. out all the sours.
1: Uh-huh, okay. So that'll be exciting. I didn't know
0: you guys, if you guys had a, a sour program, are you we guys doing do? yeah. like kettle sours? Or no. no, no, we do traditional sour. uh-huh. souring. Okay.
1: Yeah, which takes a long time. It's yes, totally it separate. We keep it in a different.
0: Is that bit. what's behind me right now? That's what's behind you. Ah, yeah, gotcha. So
2: years yeah. upon years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's our five year old um, uh-huh. Yeah, kettle sour. I mean, kettle sour. Naturally Natural. <laughs> soured beer in there, um, an eau de brune that we use the Solera Ooh. method on there. Okay, I was so about to
0: ask if you guys do Solera method. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we have
1: another sour that's in there, and we'll probably have that. It might be released oh yeah. then. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, smoked sour with a base of our triple, a little bit huh. of our uh, Cherry Scotch Ale, and it's been on the uh, uh, some uh, grapes from one of our local uh, wineries here, Parasos. Very cool. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. And then, of course, a bunch of the sours that we've bottled in the past, we'll be pulling those back out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We
2: keep just a small amount mm-hmm. so that way people can see how things age over time. Of course. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, um, just <coughs> I, I know you mentioned it, but um, what is the Solera method?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So, the Solera method is when you take out a small portion. Like, in our case, mm-hmm. we take out a third Of our total batch to Mm -hmm. package and consume for that year but that means two-thirds is still there Mm -hmm. and then we'll put in a third of new beer that we've just brewed Mm -hmm. fermented and we put that in there so it's constantly evolving
3: Mm.
2: multiple years of brewed batches of beer Mm -hmm. aging together and then all with the same bacterial and yeast mixture, basically. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So it gets very complex mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. And when I say very complex, it just means more flavor and depth. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: The, uh, I think that um, it's it's very fun to figure <coughs> out wording for flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, It's something I know I struggle with because I don't want to just say good or <laughs> oaky or vanilla. Like, I'm uh-huh. like, well, you know, I, I want to explore, well, what kind of vanilla is it? Uh, this type of vanilla, this type of vanilla, this type of mm-hmm. vanilla. Um, And it's when you say complex, I understand what you're saying, because as something changes, as you're taking out, putting back in, Uh taking out, putting back in, you can tell from batch one to batch three to batch five and so on and so on. There's that base that is there, but you're watching. um, uh, I'll put it this way. um, It's almost like watching uh, someone grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, in that you're watching them from, yes, they're the same person, but now this has changed about them, this has changed about them, this has changed about them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah mm-hmm. so that's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you, two so very much. Oh, I really thank you. appreciate you so thank much. Thank you, Alan. Uh, if you're ever near Marble Falls, I hope you come by and visit Save the World. There's such a good brewery. It's such a, uh, I mean, you guys were just having a wedding outside, yeah. and mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yes. I think. Yes. I met the the groom. Uh, for oh about yeah. 30 seconds. Very sweet I, couple. Uh, yeah. I, 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 they, he seemed very sweet. I haven't met the bride. I think they're hopefully all gone and out and away now. Um, but no, I had such a great time here. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate you. No, two. thank you.
2: Yes, thank you so much. All right, much. I've got
0: just a little bit left of the saison, and I will right. say. Oh, uh, oh. Oh. I know. Empty glasses. Oh, well, we'll still cheers. We don't believe in luck. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye.